0: Hello and welcome to today's podcast. My name is Amber and the website is sacredspacehealing.org. That's sacredspacehealing.org. I'm a Reiki master and a shamanic practitioner and I've been running my own healing practice for the last 15 years or so. So my work is focused on core wound work, life purpose work, sacred union sessions and intuitive readings and healings. And I work with clients all over the world on Skype or Zoom, sacredspacehealing.org. Thank you to everyone who listens in to these podcasts. Thank you for all your messages of support. Um, please keep sending them in. I love hearing about your journeys um, with these podcasts. It's amber at sacredspacehealing.org. And if you would like to support the work, then you can pop along to the homepage um, on the website, click the drop down menu, and there's a support button there. And you can donate as much or as little as you feel called to at this time. So today's podcast is on the subject of finding a guru or a teacher um, and how we take those steps to enlightenment. Um, Oh my God, this is such a huge topic. Um, Even as I say the words, I'm thinking I have no idea where to start. I think the number one thing I'm going to say to preface everything is that there is no definitive guru or teacher for you. There just isn't. There is no definitive healer for you either. The best healer and teacher and guru that you will ever meet is you. And that may sound like a total cliche and it may feel like you're, you know, a thousand miles away from that ever happening, but it's the truth. Any uh, teacher, any healer, any guru worth their weight in gold is only redirecting you to your own sense of autonomy and mastery. And if we look at it this way, how can we possibly think that anyone can be our definitive teacher or guru when they're having a physical human experience as much as we are? And, and everyone looks at a situation through the filter of their own self, of their own experiences, of their own wounds, of their own unclaimed shadow. So, I mean, that's why it's wonderful to work with different teachers and different healers because if you have an intractable problem, um, it's great to get different perspectives on that problem, but you'll only ever get different perspectives on the problem. You'll never get someone who sees the whole thing in its entirety because if you had an interaction with someone that enlightened, they wouldn't really be able to sustain living on planet Earth. You know, there is... A huge density to living in this dimension, and that density requires that we give our attention to the mundane, to you know, tube trains and and weekly shops and paying our bills and things like that that lower our vibration, that distract us, that um, affect our energetic frequency because we're then being affected by other people and other energies and so on. Right. So in order to be in a, in that God state, we need to be completely unaffected, uh, unpolluted by anything that is of a lower frequency than our highest God state. And in order to achieve that, we would pretty much need to be kind of living on a mountain somewhere, um, you know, living off the sun uh, uh, and, and existing in complete isolation, because anything else would pollute our energy field and lower our vibration. And I've yet to meet someone like that, but they might exist. So seeing as I haven't really, you know, in the last kind of 20 years of my journey met anyone like that, and I don't know if you have, I mean, I'd love to because I'm sure they would help me solve a lot of issues in my life, but I haven't met someone like that. What I've met are human beings doing the best that they can to assist other human beings. And so I've always come to realize in my journey with teachers and healers that there comes a point where they're just not like it's just not working anymore. They're not getting to the root cause of what I need their help with. And that's because I've sort of outgrown them because I've learnt as much as I needed to learn from this healer or teacher and I've grown and now it's time for me to grow some more. And eventually we get to the point, hopefully, where we are able to access direct revelation ourselves. By direct revelation, I mean, you know you're able to plug into your higher self if that's what you call it or god spirit universe or your guides or your helpers you know whatever your understanding is of what you need to plug into to be your most kind of enlightened once you're able to do that for yourself there's really no reason to go to another to tell you what to do and if we actually look at the premise of that there's something very disempowering about you know going for a reading or going to see a mystic, and asking them, what should I do? But it is part of our journey, as we we journey, as we walk the red road, as we go from being an apprentice to eventually becoming a master, whenever that may be, and it may never be, we may always stay the apprentice, and that's okay also. So on our journey of initiation and apprenticeship, you know, it is right that we ask for help and that we ask for redirection, but at some point in our journey, we need to start taking back the reins and, and really calling those shots for ourselves, knowing that sometimes we're going to get it wrong. You know, sometimes we will have just gone down a really dud road and we shouldn't have done that. But in that is a huge learning. So what I've come to learn in my own experiences, and I think it's uh, in some ways it gets a lot more intensified when you do decide to you know, become a Reiki master or a healer, because you're sort of saying, I want to step into the role of mastery of my life. I mean, that's what Reiki master is about. It's about mastery of oneself, not anyone else. So once you put that intention out into the universe, you really are walking a path of the red road of initiation and apprenticeship so that you can get to a place of self-mastery. So what I found in my journey is that there are times when I have made decisions that were shockingly not the right decision for me to have made at that time and I can look back at that decision and see how spectacularly catastrophically wrong it was but I can also understand why that decision was made because I was a different person at that time having different experiences dealing with you know whatever wounds were coming up to be addressed and that from that once we sort of take the self-blame away, you can actually start to cultivate what the learnings are. My number one learning across the board has been that it is 100% important for me not to give my power away and for me to trust my own guidance. And that I get into trouble when I don't trust my guidance and when I give my power away. And by giving our power away, I mean, you know, by that I mean kind of asking your friend for an advice, for advice, asking a parent for, an adv- for advice, um, you know, going to a psychic, asking a healer what to do, going to your guru or teacher. That's giving your power away. Holding on to your power is making that decision, whatever that decision is, and making it from a place of alignment with your highest self. So, not making it through fear or anger or sadness or you know desperation or any of those kind of lower emotions, but making that decision from a place of alignment with your highest self. Now, there's going to be times in our lives when we're more aligned with our higher selves than not, and I know that you know times in my life when I've made, in inverted commas, bad decisions. I was completely unaligned with my higher self, and so what that's been another learning for me is that, okay. You know, when it comes to crunch time decisions, really do the work so that you're not coming at it from a place of fear or anger or running or, you know, whatever it is that you're as aligned as is possible, given those certain sets of circumstances with your highest self. I don't think we're ever really going to, you know, master it and say, oh, that's it. This is how I know consistently to make good decisions. But I think we can start to find a flow where things start to feel good in the decision-making process, in the process of living one's life. And as we find that flow, we start to gain more of our mastery. I think one of the reasons why we seek gurus and teachers is because we just don't believe in ourselves enough and it can come from a place of really low self-worth. Because the opposite of that is, and I've met students like this and um, people like this in life who just refuse to take any kind of um, advice someone who may be more experienced than they are they honestly believe they have all the answers and what tends to happen with people like that is you can see that they don't have all the answers they're actually coming at it from a place of ego the ego is so strong that it tells them that they are mightier than anyone else who might have had a similar experience and could assist them so being in our mastery doesn't mean that we go into our ego and think that we are god although we are all god having a physical experience being in our mastery means that we are, we, are, we are so in alignment with our highest selves and with our God selves that we know that there are times when we might need to ask for help, and that does include asking for advice. But we will be so in alignment that we actually go to the correct source to ask for advice. You know, where we kind of trip ourselves up is where we just sort of scattergun it, um, and we ask whoever. And we tend to scattergun when we're in panic mode. So we scattergun our requests to healers, to teachers, to friends, to lovers, to whoever, because we're just hoping that one of them will stick. Whereas when we have a very clear intention, you know, what is it that I want? What is it that you want right now? You might want clear advice, you might want healing, you might want redirection, you might just want support. What is it that you want? When you're really clear on what that's going to look like and taste like and feel like, then you can actually start to move towards it. And as you start to move towards it, to move towards your intention, that's when that which is in alignment with your intention starts to come and meet you halfway and it doesn't feel like such a chore. So if it's starting to feel like a chore and it's starting to feel like, oh my God, I'm never going to find my guru. I'm never going to find my teacher. It's because you're probably not in alignment with what it is that you're actually seeking. Your one teacher can't teach you everything, but maybe you want a teacher as they say, when the student is ready, the teacher appears, so maybe you want a teacher who's going to help you with boundaries, or a teacher who will help you with uh, relationships or with money or with career or with um, enlight- you know spiritual enlightenment. get really clear on you know what you want from that teacher you know how how will how will they assist you in what way? And then align with it, align with what it would feel like to actually have this teacher assisting you. And as you start to align with that feeling, you're going to see things differently. You'll scattergun a lot less and you'll actually sort of tune into the different teachers, the different energies out there.